Welcome back to The Grinder. Uh, we're about to jump into it. James and I, the two hosts that bring you the most, most of the time, right? Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so today- 70% of the time, we do it every time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, really today I wanted to, uh, it kind of popped into my head that, you know, we don't really- we bring a lot of content as far as, you know, business owners and stuff like that, but we also don't bring a lot of, we haven't brought up a lot of facts of like, if you are just now starting, what are the fundamentals of, of starting your business or starting that hobby and changing it into a, a business that is fully functioning and running. Right. Yeah. And you know, there's a few different ways to look at this and we're probably going to touch on patience like we just did uh, prior to the podcast starting. But um, this morning I was reading my book and I was kind of realizing like everything that you do has to start with fundamentals, right? You have to start somewhere. You have to gain some sort of foundation to build off of. And today I'd kind of like to give like some actual tactical tips or tactical um, implement implementations that would be good for running that situation. I like it. Hit me with it, man. I need to learn today. Oh man. No, this is, this is a, uh, this is a dual teacher situation. Well, you know me, I always got a fucking opinion. Yeah, there's no doubt. It, it It's uh right above your lip there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, flavor saver. Yeah. Your flavor saver. So, <clears throat> what, in your opinion, James, would be, you know, the top four things that you that we that you would want to hit on um, if you're just now starting your business, or maybe it's just a hobby right now, and you want to take it to the next level, or you're just getting started. What would be the four top things that um, four or five top things that that you'd start on? Shit, mm-hmm. you're just coming right out the gates asking me for four. Yeah, no, uh, four to Nothing five. pre-planned. Four, James, what you got? Mm-hmm. Um, shit, man. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I guess a couple of things. I'm gonna. God, there's. I mean, there's there's so much in there's each one of these. I mean, each one of these we could turn around and break up and do podcasts in sections on just each of the four, right? Um, my first start thought is, you know, build systems while you're small. Like build solid system, SOP, standard operating procedures, like build that out. Nobody's going to do the business as well as you do. Right. Anybody you hire, like there, there might be a few caveats to that. Like if you do something specially and, you know, you add a branch and you bring in somebody with all this experience, but for the most part, nobody's going to know your business like you and understand how you want it to be, your vision for it. Like build out, build out your procedures. Well, it's just you. Do it. It makes it easier. I regret that I didn't start that sooner. Okay. Um, second is your money. Like focus on how your money flows to the company and treat it like that. When you're by yourself, it's easy to treat your money like it's just your personal checking account. Don't do that shit. You guess what? You open a company like you're working for the man now. Mm-hmm. All right. You may be that same person, but you're working for the man. 
and you need to treat it like you're a fucking employee. All right. Like you need to have a standard of how it should operate. So how the accounts work, how you're paid, structure, all that shit. Don't wait till you start hiring people and trying to figure that out. It's what most of us do. It's what I did. It was a dumb idea. Like then I had, and then I I just caused more suffering than I needed. Right. So, I mean, those are, um, to the top ones. I mean, you know, number three, I mean, really understand who you want your client to be and what you want your business to be. I mean, I think you figured those four things out early on, the earlier, the better. I mean, the, the quicker you're going to get through that, that time of, of growing and scaling the company. Yep. 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 So SOPs money and then client, know your client, know, know your client, the client you want. Right. And then know what you really want for your business long term. That'll change your business. will. I mean, I think that adapts. I don't know of anybody who their business, where they wanted the business to go adapted, but the swings are less. If you think more into the future, right? My, where I want to go long term has shifted some, uh, like what I, what I see is just like our identity as a company, but it hasn't been these major shifts because I've, I've, I really, that's the one thing I am pretty good at is my long-term vision. It's probably one of my strong suits. Um, sometimes I, I struggle breaking that down into the small pieces of today. I really struggle with that, but seeing where I want to go long-term usually is pretty clear for me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, work on that. So you don't have these crazy shifts and you're having identity crisis and whatever the fuck else, you know, and then felt yeah. like you're lost and what the fuck are you doing with your life and all that. Like, I mean, all that shit can happen. So yeah. Get that down. Think about it. Marinate that shit for a little bit. Yeah. So let's, let's, you know, kind of break it down to a little bit further and get into the weeds on, you know, a good way to go ahead and start building out those SOPs. For me, that was, breaking down what I did on a daily basis. And it allowed me to not only build out SOPs for myself, but then looking at what I did, you know, because when you start out as a single person, um, you're doing everything, right? You may not be doing everything as well as, you know, as expected, but at least that way you have the fundamentals of what you do as you, as you, as you, the company. Right. So you have your social media, you have your um, the way you handle clients, the way that you uh, do your daily routine as far as what that looks like for you. And then you're basically building out a job description for each of these things by simply just putting, you know, for me, that was creating a Google sheet that says, you know, um, company SOPs, um, admin SOPs, ISA SOPs, agent SOPs. And then that allowed me to say, look, okay. So in, if I came in and only thing that I had to focus on was social media, what would that SOP look like? Like, what do I do every day? And you're able to actually break that down. And it sounds like it's a tough task, but it's not. You're just simply sitting down and saying, okay, when I make a post to Facebook, how do I make that post? Where do I pull the content from? And yeah. then allowing, you know, you shouldn't saying like you create yeah, this for sure as you go through it. So for me, what helped me was, um, you know, let's say I was getting ready to do my, my social media post for the day. So step by step, I wrote down what I did. 
And then I would allow that to um, grow as I'm putting everything in. So if I'm pulling content from, let's just say realtor.com, then go to realtor.com, pull post, whatever, post to Facebook, blah, blah, blah. And you just go through that and it builds itself out as you go through the steps. I agree. Can I give a tip on that? Yeah. So, um, you know, look, I can only give people advice or tell stuff. Uh, I don't know how everything to do right, how to do everything right. Okay. But what I can tell you is the fuck ups I made. I mean, really that's, that's kind of how I contribute. I think hopefully to this podcast, like tell people all the stupid mistakes I've made and hopefully they'll avoid half of them, you know? So, uh, to cut their time down on where they're trying to get with something. That, that's what I live through. All right. So I can only share my experiences that, you know, everybody's talking about, Oh, a business plan. That should be a living, breathing document. I built out 30 page business plans multiple times for some of the acquisitions we've completed all that. I have to go dig for it. Now I should look at that more, but it's like, I mean, I equate that to like looking at your wedding album to say how your marriage should be. Like that's not, it, it doesn't work. You need a playbook. All right. You need a playbook that's full of SOPs, job descriptions, all that. Don't let that motherfucker be like a secret novel on your desktop that you never finish. That was me. All right. That's what I did. Literally had a playbook that started and I would dabble with it. Like I was writing my feelings into a novel or something. And I, you know, I wasn't ready to share it with the world. That's stupid. Yeah. My brain works that way. So finally I had to get past that. I noticed I was doing that with a lot of things, but especially that playbook. And it was hurting my company because not everybody was here from the start. Start adding brand new people, no prior experience, you know? So I was like, all right, this is, this is draft one. Put it on paper, print the fucker out. Like everybody put it on their desk, make them write notes into this or using it. They can tell me it's fucked up. Who cares? Like, it's not my life work. It's just how I want to give them instructions about how we do stuff. And then we, and then we make additions to it. We edit it. We recreate it. Like, so even though you don't think it looks well, I don't care if it's one fucking page, print the son bitch off and have people use it. Yeah. And then when they say they can't do what they need to do, then add to it. Like you don't have to have the perfect document. If you try to have the perfect document, you'll do like me. It'll sit there for fucking years. And all you do is delay the process of getting it done. It's like the quote says, best time to plant an orchard was 20 years ago. Second best time to plant an orchard is today. Like do it today. Let it develop. Let it grow. Yep. And to add to that, I mean, for me, you know, I was building out these SOPs and it allowed me to, you know, you're basically creating a job description for that person. And then addition that you're giving them what they need to be doing. Right. And for me, not having any employees at the time that allowed me to kind of set my, my brain to is like, okay, so this is actually doable. I could actually find someone to come in here and be this person and add them to the team. And you've already built out that person in your brain. And now it's just about finding that person and then figuring out how to, how to pay them really is what it comes down to be. So you, you, you find out, okay, so if I'm doing this four hours a day, I hire someone to come in four hours a day and then do this job. And 
figure out what that pay structure is, make sure they're good for the team. And then, or, you know, the team may just be you and, you know, you and them, but that allows you to gain knowledge in the sense of like, okay, well now we get to test this theory out. And something that I did when, when we brought on uh, Medija was she, I think I had probably two or three other employees prior to her coming on. It was very simple. Um, I had a checklist. I knew that these things needed to get done. And in addition to that, as we went through employees um, or as they moved on with whatever they had to go do, they were the ones that were building out the SOPs after I had a stationary basis of, of what needed to be done. Right. Yeah. And so they, yeah. you know, just like you said, they add to it and then they figure out how their, um, how they would rather do it, which I'm totally cool with. You can figure out a better way to do it and go ahead and add to it. Right. Fuck yeah. Right. That's like, that's like an expectation. Exactly. Exactly. And I think a lot of people fucking miss that. Yeah. Well, that's because people think that they, you know, they're the boss. It has to be done this way. It has, you know, it's an ego thing. Um, And a lot of it's, you know, we've talked about checking the ego prior, but that's, that's definitely a good place to go ahead and check it because you're going to have people that come in and see things from a different aspect uh, or a different point of view. And they're going to be able to add to that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's about like collaborating inside your company. Like it's, it's a team mentality, yep. you know? Yeah. Somebody's going to lead the team. Somebody's going to make the executive decision. Sometimes Addison's going to say yes. Sometimes Addison's going to say no, but like that doesn't mean you don't bring good fucking shit and help the team grow. Like all boats rise with the tide, man. So I mean, it's a perfect point. We always talk to entrepreneurs and like to business owners. Frankly, what we're talking about with SOP right now, the most impactful the, the person this could help the most right now is a person who doesn't own the company. Mm-hmm. If you are in a position in a business and you're the only one in that, you know, most people work for small companies, small businesses in this country. So if you're in a small business and frankly, if you just walked out the door tomorrow, they wouldn't know how you do everything. You think that gives you power, right. but like you want to give you, you want to have real power. Go through and label everything out and then go take that to the company owner. Hey, I labeled everything out. What if I get hit by a fucking bus tomorrow? Here's everything I do in this job. Laid out step-by-step instructions. Yep. Don't just go to your, hey, boss, we should, we should get a playbook. We should have some SOPs. You're right. But then you just put it on them to fucking figure it out. Like, step the fuck up come up with the ideas and make yourself more valuable. I think that the, the agency I was at before at first, I wanted to get a weekly report on sales numbers for all the agents in the office. I wanted to see how I competed because I like fucking winning. And at first I would always go to him like, Hey man, can I get that? I want to see those numbers. I want to see how I'm doing. Right. Great. If I beat them, but like, I want to know where I'm tracking at week, every single week. And you know what? I never really got it that much. And then finally I realized, Hey, boss man, won't you give me access to that report? And what I'll do is I'll pull that and I'll send it out to all the agents, including you every single week. So everybody can see how they're tracking. Now you get everybody motivated. And I want the guy winning every week. So it showed him that I wouldn't always top in sales. If you'd probably asked him, 
I'm making an assumption here. He'd probably thought I was top salesman every single week, but those weeks I wasn't. So gave him a good, nice, clear point. And now all I had to do is just open an email, see what's going on. Every other agent got to see what's going on. It brought us all in, made us a little more competitive with each other. We knew how we were tracking for one. I had a, you think I had a value to him? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it didn't always put the best light on me because I didn't beat everybody's ass every week. So, you know, you gotta think that way. Like this, this right here is more impactful for people who don't own the company than people who do. Right. I'm glad you're, you're you're going down this route. Yeah, because and and not only that, I mean, it it allows you to, you know, if you're looking for that pay raise or if you're looking for that way to take an extra step, it's about figuring out what you can do by yourself and then bringing that up. So it's like, hey, you know, exactly what you did. You you implemented a a situation where you were bringing value from yourself and bringing it to the team as well as the owner. And, you know, if you, if you don't think that comes noticed, I mean, that's it by, by any good leadership that's noticed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, sure. Any decent leadership, we should notice that. If somebody in my company walked in here today and said, you know what, I did an audit of myself and what I'm doing here. And there's not enough to fill my day or I'm going to be honest with you. You probably think I know how to do this. I don't have a fucking clue. Like I'm lost on it. And I just, okay poke around at it. I would get up and give them a fucking hug and be like, all right, now here's what I want you to do about it. Or even better if they're like, Hey, here's all this stuff. And I don't fucking know, or here's something I think I can add. What do you think? Just give me some advice and I'll go work on it. Try to figure it out. Dude, they would be my fucking favorite immediately. Yeah. All I do is deal with problems or, you know, bad news and shit. Like that's what we do. That's what I deal. Like I look for problems. So somebody come in here and tell me something they think I don't want to hear. That's the, that's the problem. A lot of people keep shit quiet and they don't address it. And it just turns into a bigger problem that I can't fucking fix immediately. Help me fix problems. Yeah. That's all I want. I'm fucking imperfect. I'm, I'm fucking break shit all the time in this place. Do you? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I get it, man. There's, there's, there's people out there. They want you to come in. They want you to shut the fuck up and just do exactly what they say and then get the hell out of there. And they're going to pay you as cheap as they can and that kind of stuff. I get those people exist in the world, but that is the exception, not the norm. Right. You know, and you're going to know pretty quick if you're working for somebody like that. And if you want to get the fuck out of there, yeah. go find something that, that where you feel like you can be part of a team and help move something and create something bigger than yourself. So I can tell you, if you're in the right environment, I know that's what you're trying to do with your company. You want something bigger than you. You don't want it to be all about you. Right. You know? Like, dude, that shit's impactful. Yeah. And people got to wake the fuck up and not just clock in. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the team that we've built at this point, it really has become, you know, from my aspect and from my point of view, it's become something that that's pretty cool. Um, you know, we get to, you know, not only mess around, but we get, we get shit done. And then yeah. in addition to that, we're able to, um, you know, I want them to be able to feel, I mean, they're, they're in here right now, but, um, I want them to be able to feel like they're growing as the team grows. Like, yeah. yeah. You may not be paid a hundred grand a year right now, but I can promise you if we hang on for another 10 years and we are pushing for more yeah, um, and you guys will grow as, as, as big as, as big as we grow. Right? Yeah. And, and that, that's the biggest thing. So it's like, 
you, you create that by allowing them to come up with things and being able to implement things and be able to become more as, as, as things grow. So, yeah, um, it's kind of like, um, what's, uh, uh, you know, I've heard Gary V say it several times, you know, that he's like, you don't, you don't think it wasn't bad to be the, like the 30th guy at Facebook, you know? Right. Plus it's probably fucked up back then. <laughs> they already know the fuck they were doing. Right. We're tearing shit up left and right. You know what I mean? So I always like Tom Watson, IBM. All right. Now IBM's not what it was a couple of decades ago, but I mean, right. God, a massive company. And they're talking about something. He said, when there was only five of us, five of us at IBM, we acted like we're, we're the company the size we are today, you know, r- roughly. I mean, he was kind of just, that's me ad-libbing a little bit. But he's like, you know, we thought in those concepts how we were growing, how we were doing it. Anybody can step in and fucking be top level or try to perform better when it's at the top. Like, but when it's small and it's just a few of you and being top level professionals and being engaged with the work you're creating, because I can tell you anything you want today five years, 10 years, 15 years from now, there's going to be something better that you want. Like what you want to do in your life, where you want to go. All that does is progress for me. I don't know if it does for everybody else, but it does for me. Right. Like that is a fucking continuous progression. The things I think I want today will be trivial probably five years from now in my personal life. So like, don't fucking sell yourself short. Yeah. Um, but in addition to that, you know, the next subject is probably money, but I want to touch on uh, patience and then how quick things actually are growing. Um, I was watching, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, there's a Netflix series called Meat Eater. Yeah. Have you seen it? Okay. Yeah, I watched, uh, I watched uh, like one of the seasons last year or something. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, so it came out with new seasons, but I, I was kind of going, it's something I've actually just dropped into. Um, and it's actually a pretty cool show, but he, there's, there's, there's a, um, an episode in there where he's in Montana and yeah, I guess he used to go there on a regular basis. Like he used to go there with his brother and then, you know, family and all that kind of good stuff. And recently he had just come back and he was like, it allows you to realize that, you know, 10 years ago, I would not even have imagined that I would be here today, married, having kids. And then, you know, at 31, I also wouldn't have realized at 21 that I would have been where I was at at 31, having the career that I have, having the job that I have, having, having the opportunities. And it's, it's just, he's like, every time I come back to Montana, it allows me to realize that time doesn't pass like we think it does. He's like, I come back to these woods. They're the same woods, the same elk are running in the, in the woods, the same bears are here. Right. And it's, it allows you to realize that, yeah, things are changing, but not only that, but it allows you to realize like, Hey, look, things are moving forward. However, we're still here. We're still moving. We're still doing the same things. We're just growing. And that mm-hmm. growth is what's that the growth is what's changing, right? Unless you're yeah. doing nothing. And then at that point you're obviously digressing. 
So that's a good point. I love that. And I think the reason I brought that up was it was being patient. Um, because the, the first, the first point of it is like, he didn't realize where he would be in 10 years. Yeah. You set your goals. Yes. You do all these things, but things grow and things change as you're, as you're growing as a person, as you're, you know, growing older, everything just happens, man. Like for me, I'm starting to realize like this aspect of like, there's not a chance that I'm losing ever. And that's not a, that's not a confidence thing. It's, it's, there's so much that I want out of, out of, out of life and the people that I have around me that, yeah, you'll fall. Yeah. You'll go down. Yeah. You'll have your, your moments where you're not doing well, but man, if, if you want it and you have that drive and you have that push patience, like things are just going to happen, man. There's, there's, you just won't lose as long as you have these certain aspects of your life that are, you know, you want to strive for more and you want to do more and, and, and you are hardworking, man, good shit just is going to happen. Yeah. You just got to be on the lookout for it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being real. I mean, when shit gets bad, you gotta, you gotta wobble around it, so to speak, for a little bit, you know, do it, do it. Sometimes you got a bitch, right? Sometimes we call each other and bitch for a minute, don't we? Right. I mean, it's, it's life, but the overall, the net, I mean, you need to stay focused on it. Not to get into a religious or anti-religious side of it, but, you know, I've really tried to take on the concept, like, whatever you believe, okay, but if you actually try to live, like, when you die, that's absolutely it. You'll never see your friends. You'll never see your family. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's none of that. It's just you're you're done. You're gone. Like, think you try to interact with people a little bit more at that Thanksgiving dinner, that Christmas time together, or on the weekends, or with your loved ones, you know, your kid, your your freaking significant other. Like, you would, man. You try to fucking soak up everything. You try to soak up the perfect fall day, right? That pumpkin spice latte all you little bitches get. Like, you would try to soak up. Hold up, hold up. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of pumpkin spice in your life. Absolutely, absolutely, right? But you know what I'm saying? Like, you see where I'm coming from with that? Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Like, really, if you if you tried to live that way, you probably wouldn't say no to most opportunities. You'd probably say yes to most stuff. You would try to probably experience everything you could because once it was over, man, it's, it's fucking over. Right. And I really try to take on that mentality and I fucking fail at it constantly. It actually, it really is. Re, it's revealed a lot about me and myself of how much I don't do, how comfortable I am at nighttime fucking sit on the couch, Netflix playing in the background and me scrolling through social media, doing nothing. I've got a guitar in my closet. That was my grandfather's. All right. Played for years. Grandpa was awesome. Learned to play by ear. He was just, he was great. I have his guitar. I pulled it out twice and tried to practice on it. Like, man, I'm just missing that. Just to fucking scroll through and see what Anderson's doing with a stupid night. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's dumb. Yep. So dumb. So it's a fucking waste. 
Yep. So let let me drop it to you. You were just talking about me and my night. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a little bit of something about last night. Last night, I pulled you out. Get juicy. You better get juicy with some details. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Um, so last night, pulled out some steaks out of the freezer. And this is just a little quick little tangent that I'm gonna go down. Uh, pulled some steaks out of the freezer. Obviously, they were frozen because they were in the freezer. Didn't want to have the time to defrost them, so I stuck them in the smoker. Cranked it up to 225, put it in there for about five to 10 minutes. Got them real defrosted, thawed out, and they were smoked. And then I seared them, and then I put them in the oven. Ooh, nice. Yep, just uh, just throwing that out there. They were uh, absolutely perfect. In addition to that, the inside stayed moist because I guess they were frozen. Mm-hmm. And it, I say moist, I'm going to say juicy. And, uh, yeah, I like that a little better. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a nice light pink, man. It was it was wonderful. Anyways, beyond that, um, if you're looking to uh, thaw out some steaks and you have a smoker, go ahead and throw them on there. Hmm. So like we it. got uh, SOPs. We have patience. Obviously, those two are very important. Um, watching your money. We've done enough money podcasts where I think we I agree. Up, I, I think we've jumped into that enough. And if you haven't listened to it, it's called money talk and i think it was like 67 or 69 yeah going down summary in this part right here there's more than just uh opening the app and seeing what the account balance is exactly don't be fucking lazy i I, let let me tell you i've been guilty of that multiple times in my life to where i'm like oh look we can run people are yeah yeah and you know, you run payroll and then you're like, oh shit, I got to pay insurance and I got to pay my car and I got to pay rent and I got to pay this and I got to pay that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for um, sure. So for me, allowing, you know, building out that team, it allows you to actually understand like, hey, it's time to get some uh, Quicken books, QuickBooks up in this joker. Is it called QuickBooks? Yeah. So you just, you told me you don't have it, which is fine. Get a fucking sheet of notebook paper. Get an Excel spreadsheet. All kinds of shit you can do. Yeah. Anyways, you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. So, addition to that, have a system in place for your money, and it's going to help you focus on where you can, and maybe you can hire that new employee. That's where where I brought mine in. I'm like, you know what? We can actually afford this. We're going to give him some bonuses. We're going to give him some structure. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, I can tell you right now, he loves it. Good. Um, so knowing your client and knowing your product, I think both of those are very important. So let's tie into that. Well, um, I'm actually really trying to, I'm reading a book right now called The Pumpkin Plan. Yep, we talked about it last mm-hmm. night, or not last night. Last, last podcast? podcast? Oh, okay. I highly recommend it, Mike McCallitz. Um, but I'm really trying to get focused on that right now. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, I can't speak in depth. It's probably one of the reasons I brought it out because now I'm this far in, I'm really thinking about who's my ideal client? Who actually makes me the, the best money? Like who, who do I get excited when they, when they call me? You know, like it's like I lost an account, losing an account this week. So, uh, what's called a uh, agent record change. So apparently they developed another relationship. Guy bought out the company. 
I didn't have a relationship with the guy who bought the company. He tried to build one, just didn't really work. He already had some other relationships. So he's moved most of his commercial insurance. All that was left was work comp. Just got a notification this week that, so the other agent couldn't be what I was doing on work comp. So he's just doing what's called an agent record change. Had the client sign a form and he's just going to take over the policy. So he's not getting them a different product. He's just moving that. He's got a, he's got a relationship with the same carrier. He's just going to move the product. Dang. It's happened. I've done it before. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's the nature of it. You don't want to build a business that way, but I mean, it, it happens. So, um, no hard feelings. First I was pissed. I was like, man, I bust my ass this client. We do so much work for them. I mean, not like, you know, I mean, it's an annual policy. And then we, I started looking shit, man, we, we probably, we touched that account almost every single week. And on that work comp policy just left. It's probably costing me money to service it because it doesn't pay a lot. It's like, man, the amount of certificates and stuff they need and all this stuff, like it's insanity. Well, shit, now I'm like, nah, all right, it's a freaking good deal. Yeah. We'll work out great. I'm actually probably going to save money from not having that customer anymore. There you go. Positivity uh, outlook. Yeah. And, and that's not bullshit positivity. It's fucking facts. Because at right. first I'm like, what the fuck, man? I bust my ass for these people. They're just going to AOR that shit? Anyways. So I'm really trying to get on this role where I'm building out, I'm getting my software built out. I'm stepping my game up. I'm going with like the top software in my industry. So I can really track and get and, and drill down on this stuff where I can figure out who my ideal client is. And then I can really start marketing to that, building a company based off of that, you know? Yeah. So instead of being this, hey, we take it all, we want to help. And I do want to help people, but I can't just help everybody at the detriment of my company. Like, that's stupid. Right. You got employees, you got stuff that you had to pay. Yeah. Um, and, we, and if we can't scale off of that, then guess what? I don't need to help anybody. Right. Because it fucking fails. Yeah. So right? in addition to that, so it's like knowing – knowing your product, because I think it's important to understand your product prior to giving it to a client. Um, for me, obviously we're in home sales, but it goes beyond home sales. We, there's so much that goes into a real estate deal, whether that's commercial or it's residential. Uh, obviously a residential deal is a little bit more um, person-based and you're having to deal with a lot more, um, a lot more in depth with the client in a commercial deal, you're basically just handling, handling the, the handling the product. So you're like, say, look, we have time limits here. We have time frames, and it's a little bit different because you're not having to baby the client because most people who buy commercial units are like, Hey, look, you know, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I need to get done. And then they look to me and say, Hey, look, you're the expert. Make sure everything's good. Right. Yeah. And it's about the same for land too. Um, so beyond that, we, we push into residential and it's like, okay, look, we have to understand that first time home buyers, veterans, and um, people who have bought and sold over the past year, four or five homes, they're different in every single way. They all get the same customer care. However, understanding what each client is going to need, a first time home buyer is going to need a lot more explanation um, on the process and explaining to them and making sure that they are covered with everything that we can offer 
And then, you know, obviously building up that reputation. So they do become that, that third, fourth client where you're like, Hey, look, you know, we've bought and sold with you for the past, you know, four or five years. Um, so question on that, who's the quickest to rebuy is a first time home buyer, the quickest repeat customer. Um, that's on the personal side. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say yes. Um, because you know, the typical person who buys like that first home is either like a couple that's starting a family or the person who is, you know, a single person and they just decided they wanted to buy a house, something along those lines. And then they realize, okay, now we're a couple and now we're having a kid and now the house is too small. So yeah, typically that runs a little bit quicker. Um, mm. especially if they're newlyweds, uh, they stay in a house like, you know, people, most people say like five to seven years is when, like, when you buy a house, that's how long you stay in it. However, like first time home buyers that are like small couples or just a single person, they, they purchase like another home in like three years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, typically. So, yeah, I mean, you, you would, you would be right there. Um, and then knowing your product. So obviously knowing, uh, the house housing industry, understanding where your market is, understanding the actual home. So every home is different, but they all have the same terms, right? Um, Mm -hmm. understanding contracts, understanding how you can leverage your negotiation skills inside that contract to make sure that your client is getting the best situation. And then, um, understanding the, the benefits of purchasing a home and selling a home within, you know, two years, you know, all, all these different things that, that come into play. So understanding your product, understanding the, the third party aspects to that uh, product. So for me, that would be like a home warranty. That's like a third party situation. Um, making sure that that client has a home warranty on their home. You know, if you can pull it into the deal, the, the, I, that's something that we're doing a lot more of is like saying, Hey, look, you know, um, if you purchase a home, we're going to go ahead and ask the seller to pay for a home warranty just so that you're covered on, you know, the next 18 months. So those little aspects, understanding what your product and understanding the third party products that, that can come with your, with your home or whatever it may be that, that you're selling. Yeah. I like that. And then pushing to uh, knowing your client, you know, you touched on that uh, a pretty good amount. I think, in my opinion, understanding what, you know, everybody's different. Every client is a different personality. You know, they're just like dogs. You know, some dogs bite, some dogs want to jump on you and give you a lick. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Tell me more about your clients. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just one. Um, hey, so saying to that though, mm-hmm. I think something people miss sometimes Addison with thinking about their clients is like, I know insurance inside and out. I love insurance. All right. Cause how good it's been to me. It's given me opportunities beyond my belief. Right. But I think about insurance in the way I see it. You, you, you got to work, whatever your product is, you got a lawn care business, HVAC business, real estate, whatever you need to, you need to try to comprehend what, like how does the general how does the average customer that I get think about this? Yeah. Do they just see it as dollar signs? Yeah. And then you know how to convey your conversation. Frankly, people that most people, when they buy insurance, they think price. All right. Yeah. They care. Am I covered? Right. That's the general term. There's no breakdown. 
There's no, it's all grayscale, man. That's all it is to them. And it's okay. That's, if I was an insurance, probably the way I would see it. I'd go home and be like, ah, shit, Danielle, on my insurance bills, this. We gotta right. get this cheaper, right? So that, that changes our conversation how we bring it in. All right. So now I'm going, okay, I got a customer that is going to be price focused. So I need to address that, but I, I need to address it through value, 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 value. Hey, here's how this works. Here's how it balances between coverages, the product, the coverages they offer, and then the rate. Right. Bringing that in, you know, so whatever your industry is, you need to make sure that you're, you're trying to see your services, your products from your customer standpoint, not your standpoint, because they don't give a fuck like you do. It's just the truth. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's a lot that, that comes into play that not only understanding what they view of your industry and your company and your people, um, but it also pulls into a lot of, um, you know, what experiences they've had, right? Because, you know, a lot of people get hooked up with bad agents, you know, talking from, you know, experience. Uh, people have get in touch with a bad agent and realize that, hey, every agent's the same. They're all pieces of shit and they all suck at time management and none of them pick up their phone, right? Yeah. I can promise you, you call me today, I'm picking up my phone. If I don't, you're getting a phone call back within two minutes, Right. Unless we're filming a podcast. Exactly. Again, but it's, it's one of those things that it's like, people are amazed when I pick the phone up. I, that blows my mind. Blows yeah, that, my I mind. I don't even comprehend that. I don't really get that. It, it, it's actually insane. It, to think that you can run a business and not pick up your phone when someone calls you. Yeah, that's weird. Mind-boggling. Is but, that really exist? I mean, like, dude, that that's a huge thing. That is a huge thing. I've gotten clients just simply because they called three other agents and no one picked up the phone. That's wild. Yeah, but again, so I mean, it's 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 about this thing, and that that's not really what we're talking about right now. But um, understanding your client, understanding where they are, what they think of you and your industry, and then pushing to make sure that they understand like who you are, who your team is, what you guys do and what you bring to the table. So again, bringing back to the value situation. Um, Addison, though, I think that is relevant, man. You saying that, I mean, there's a huge tip for people. I mean, like that's, that's just a big carrot dangling out there. Yeah. That just goes to show you how easy it is to win. Yeah. Right. Like keeping it simple to, to get to get to a baseline, right? To grow it some. I mean, you're going to hit a ceiling if you just look at just that simplistic side. But if you're fucking broke right now, keep it simple, you know, and look for those things. And then if you don't see those things, guess what? Then you're the fucking person that's at the bottom rung. Like you're the person who doesn't answer the phone, doesn't call people. Back. You know what I mean? Like then it's you. But if not, great news. You can go beat those fuckers really, really easy. Yep. 100%. Just with a few common sense things. I love that. Cool. Um, and I, you know, as far as four things, you know, it, it, typically you're the one that does the review, but uh, SOPs, money, uh, know your client, know your product, 
and then have some patience. Real patience. Not not this, you know, I'm going to wait 10 minutes because normally I only wait five. Right. True. Um, True. Yeah. Flip side to patience, okay? Don't don't think you're going to sit around and just good things are going to come, though. Yeah. Like right now, I'm trying to – I constantly am trying to – I hate the term audit yourself, but that's what I'm doing. Like, you know, I'm trying to wake up to some stuff. you got to constantly stay on top of it or, or you're going to be snoozing through something. And, you know, I realized that I have been busy. Busy does not make me money. Busy does not make me more successful. Busy does not make my company more successful. It doesn't give more opportunities for the people who come in here and fucking commit themselves to this every fucking day. Busy doesn't do dick except for waste my time. Yep. That's what I've been comfortable with. I realized that when I jumped, I have two different emails coming in. I was jumping between the two, refreshing, waiting for something because I get so many fucking emails a day. I was like, oh, wow, there's no email. Let me refresh really quick. Let me jump back and forth, see if there's any emails coming in. That was me trying to be busy and waiting for something to happen. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's called a fucking dead-end job. Yeah. It's a little it, reactive than proactive. Absolutely, man. It's easy to get into that reactive, especially when the fucking market's good. Like when things are picking up and they're hot and heavy and you just get into this reaction mode, reaction mode. You have to control your time and be on top of that shit. The better things are, the more you need to be on it. Yep. If not, you're going to get fucked hard when it drops. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I think that covers everything that I had for – That was my pleasant thoughts for the day. Oh, yeah. Is, is, that, is that what your rant was? The James – No, I was just – you know, I was kind of – I was pissed. I've been thinking about it for the past couple of days looking to do stuff. It's like, holy shit, I actually come in here, have a complete list, and fucking knock it out. They get a, I get to do whatever the fuck I want to the rest of my day. Yep. I can do some productive shit. I can work on my website. I can fucking talk to somebody I haven't talked to in a while, try to get some business from them. Holy shit, it's fucking crazy. It's like magic. It's not fucking magic. It's owning your damn day. Yeah. Crazy, man. I've been doing this shit a long time, and I'm fucking pissed because I've been doing it a long time, and I feel like I'm very good at what I do. It can happen to anybody who takes their eye off the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're just wasting time and you're yeah. fucking busy. Yeah. You get caught up in the minutia. Yeah. And the complacency kills situation, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at that, you look from anything that you do, whether it's a combat sport, whether it's, you know, Anything, if you're complacent in what you're doing and you're not paying attention and you're not continuously auditing yourself, um, that should have catch up to you real quick. And then you're going to be in that slump and then you're like, oh man, I should have been doing this. And then, you know, but it's all about just changing that mindset and getting everything situated. Um, and then having that list, having a secondary list of like, okay, so if I do finish this up, can I go and, you know, make sure I make an additional Facebook post or make a video today or, you know, whatever it may be. So. Yeah. And it's not, it's not all about making more money. That's a great, that's a byproduct.
but it's about fucking owning your time right, and being right. happy in that. Yep. And actually feeling like you're in control, not something else. That's it. Yeah. And if you hit it right, more money will come. Yep. And that, that's, that's, that's part of what I was just, you know, trying to go into was just like, if you just push and you push and you have the right mindset, you have the right thoughts going through your head and you have the right, you know, obviously you have to set up opportunities, but if you're doing one half of it and you're having the mindset and you're doing everything you need to be doing. And then addition that you're having, you're putting in the hard work and you're continuously running that day. You literally cannot lose. Like I, that's something that clicked in my head the other day. I was like, you know, after the whole situation with my truck and then everything that, that kind of went through that, I was like, dude, all that stuff happened. It sucked but it didn't stop me. If on, if, if anything, it absolutely brought in a better situation, not only through, you know, funds like money, because, you know, the insurance policy that I had on everything that came back through. So that allowed me to cover what I needed to cover. Like everything is good. And as long as you have that mindset and you keep running, man, there's not shit that can stop you. And that, that, that's, yeah. that's been my head right now. So. I love it. Good stuff. All right. Let's let these, uh, let's let these fuckers get back at and be done with this podcast. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Close do something good with your day. Quit being busy. Like a little bitch. Fucking on your day. Take the four things we mentioned. Use them. Especially if you work for somebody else. Then, like, this is a prime opportunity to fucking step up. Do it. And with that, grind her out.